he who without sin cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is over. You know, he who is without the sin to cast the first stone. Uh, and next thing you know, a rock will go right by Jesus' face. Uh, Jesus look up and goes, Ma, what are you doing here? Huh? And I'm like, I love this place. Yeah. Yes, hello. Welcome back to the Pop Up of Palm Friends. Guys, you're here again. Thanks for being here, subscribing, clicking, whatever you're doing. You know, I'm fast. I'm like a mile a minute right now because I'm excited. I'm excited, as you know, doing stand-up in L.A., you meet a mix of people. And then sometimes you meet a guy, you go like, do I know this guy? Am I related to this guy? Do I owe this guy money? And this <laughs> next guest, I think, fits that bill. Put your hands together for Rocco Stowe, everybody. Whoa. Comedian extraordinaire. Also joining us next to him on the light, the tight love seat, Rico Graziano. It's Rocco and Rico, everybody. Yeah. We're going to be a duo. How's it going? How are you, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me out. It's good Thanks to see you. Thanks for coming out. Good to spend time with my people, man. Yeah, dude. You know? I a lot like, of us out here. Yeah, I know. I feel like <laughs> when we met, I immediately knew you. Like, you're just like a, you're a, guy, like a guy from the neighborhood, right? Like, where, where are you from exactly? Uh, South Philadelphia originally. Right. Yeah, but I moved to New York, um, and then I lived in South Beach for a while, and then uh, I've been out here like 10 years. And now he's in Southern California. This yeah. Just yeah. The south. Did you, twang, did you twang your voice? You don't sound Philly at all to me. What happened? Did you give it up? <laughs> <laughs> did you just give it up over time? You yeah, yeah, turkey? I worked on it. I worked you were, on you were, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it gets worse. Like, you know, when you, you know how you get around your friends and it get like comes out again? Yeah. Like, it's like... This is like that sounds like a shit show. You know, you die. You know? Yeah. is Philly the hardest accent to, to replicate, and also maybe the dirtiest sounding one in all of America? Probably, yeah. You think? Well, there's different regions. It's almost like you can tell when somebody's from Queens. You can tell when somebody's from the Bronx. You can tell when somebody's from Manhattan, Upper Dobby. You know, you can tell when somebody's from the Northeast. Yeah. You know, or South Philadelphia. You know, you could you could tell the difference. I can anyway. You know. Did you start comedy in Philly? No, I started, uh, well, so I was, the, you know, long, to make a short story long, I uh, was uh, selling drugs, um, me and my cousin. He I, is from Philly, everybody. Well, I was working for my cousin. I was living on 10th and Carpenter. Not only does he look like one, he is one. And uh, uh, my cousin got arrested, got busted, and, uh, you know, long story short, I had to get out of town. So I just jumped in the car with a girl I was dating, came out here in 99, and I started out in L.A. Wow. Uh, 1999. But it was like, I was just kind of doing it just to kind of, uh, you know, because I had like DEA looking for me, and I had like other drug dealers and people trying to kill me at the time. Damn. So I just was kind of just doing it just to get out of town. Uh, yeah. Because back then, it was if you were in L.A., you were kind of, like, safe, you know? Like it was, wasn't as connected as it wasn't is now. It wasn't as connected. It was like everybody went to Florida when they were hiding out, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, all right, we know what you're doing, you know? You're hiding out. Um, and that's it. I started doing, uh, you know, the local spots. And then um, short story long, I got arrested three times in L.A., got stabbed in the neck, and then I ended up going back to Philly when the coast was clear. And then I started uh, doing comedy at the Laugh House, which was an all- Urban Comedy Club cool. um, with Kevin Hart and all those guys. Nice. You know, okay, Mike Kevin. Blackson. Wow. Yeah, so it's either you did like urban comedy in, in Philly at that time or you didn't do comedy. That's right. all there was, you know. Well, Big Kevin, start, he started down there, right? Yeah. in Philly. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's awesome. And that's the uh, short version. I'm curious about uh, the drug dealing life <laughs> just for a second because you yeah, escaped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just for a second because I'm intrigued. 
you sound like you lived a little bit of a movie. I mean, like you escape one city to come to another one just to escape this, that city and go back to the one you came from. Mm -hmm. How'd you get out of that life? Isn't it tr a true stereotype that it's hard to leave that world? Are you still dealing? No, no, no. I got it got out of me. It got I, I got out of me. You know, I just um, you know you have to be ready to die or ready to go to jail forever, and I just didn't have that that belief anymore you know <laughs> yeah. i was just like i'm not i don't want to go die i don't want to go to jail you know growing that's up, that's it was everyone around you was this a like growing up or you just like it was the only way to feel that way um yeah it's, it was kind of like a coward's way out because like the the people that were doing it right were doing construction starting businesses you know laying tile you yeah. know things like that uh masons and there's ways around it you know but at the time i it seemed like, you know, a lot of people were making money and yeah. like, you know, all my friends were making a lot of money. I just got out of the Marine Corps. Okay. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I was like suffering from PTSD and sure. things like that. And I just wanted to be around a bunch of guys with guns making money, you know? Like, yeah. So that's basically what it was. We had like a little crew. It was like a squad, like remind me of my squad in the infantry. And, yeah. And that was it. But it got, you know, it, it was fun until it got real you know you know when there's money involved it gets real we had to pay street tax to the mob and uh sure. they found out we we're making a lot of money and it was fun for about six months yeah and then it got real and it's not something i would ever want now you can't do anything with the social media it's a different you can't yeah snapchat well, it's, it's funny hearing your story too because we just glorify this so much like it's so it's so celebrated in movies if you think about it it's exciting it's it's sexy you're going you're fast and the furious you know, but so, it's... What, on, no, no, just because I'm wondering. So when you came out here, then you got in trouble out here. Was it a whole new trouble or did trouble It was a whole you? new trouble. I was oh, just so a, I was just a walking again. time bomb. I was just like oh, right yeah, off yeah, the yeah. streets. I had no social skills. You know, I didn't have, like, you know, if somebody looked at me wrong, I would just punch them, you know. Yeah. I, I, like, didn't have, you know, and you can't do that out here, man. They People, they talk a lot, yeah. but nobody does a lot, yeah. you know. And I'm, I'm uh, glad we met now. I feel like you would have punched me back No, then. I wouldn't have punched you. I would try to <laughs> oh, you work with you. Definitely punched me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you, you know, me. then I, you know, wherever, wherever you go, there you are, right? You yeah. know, it could do a geographic cure, but that only lasts a little while. It's funny because I lied. I got a job in Beverly Hills at a hair salon. I told him I did hair, and they hired me. <laughs> it was at Ben Simon's salon next to Giuseppe Franco, and he kept wanting me to work over there. He's a famous hairstylist. Nice. He's like, come work with us. I'm like, Giuseppe, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You yeah. know what I mean? And they hired me as a shampoo boy. Nice. So I was wash, I was Rocco to shampoo boy. Nice. So I went from, like, hustling, bags of Coke and all that, money in the pocket, strip clubs, to, like, washing old hair. You, know? you literally, like, to your boys back home, went to the furthest possible other job. Yeah, exactly. In their eyes, you're like, now he's a shampoo boy. Yeah. You know? Or yep. that's a good that's a good gang nickname that would stick. The shampoo too, boy. Rocco the shampoo, shampoo boy. boy. Yeah, you're like, come yeah. here, I'm going to wash your yeah. hair. You're really just killing people? That's, yeah. like, how you kill them? Yeah. Um, is the gold tooth from this era, or is this a later thing? Well, the gold tooth was initially uh, right here. And oh, you it, moved it. it moved to here. Yeah. You're the only friend I know with, with, with some nice... This, this one was gold originally, and then, like, I couldn't get a job. Like, well, I was trying to do the right thing. I got out of the Marine Corps. I was trying to do the right thing. And then I had picked up drinking and drugging again, you know? And then once I started doing that, I, like, I turned into the character, you know? Sure. You just, like, um, you know, being a... Somebody who's uh, addicted to substances, you know, like I was li living a double life, sure. you know, and I really wasn't this person, but I was the 
the drink, the, the character was taken over me, but it wasn't somebody who I really was. Yeah. Somebody I knew about and grew up around, but it wasn't somebody who I was per se. You're like, yeah, act, acting out. Yeah, I'm like, part. this isn't me. I'm a nice kid. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, there's a good guy in there, you know? Like, yeah, you well, when I met Rocco, he was like normal. He wasn't, uh, I mean, as normal as normal gets for him, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he wasn't the guy he's talking about. I didn't even yeah. know a lot of this, and uh, he's fucking great. I like your story because it's inspiring, too, because I think people who make bad decisions, or ba- maybe bad is not even the right word, decisions that will be self-destructive, feel like there's no other way. Mm. When you're in the middle of it, it just feels like this is all I am. There was a time where I, I loved it. I'm like, I, I want to be a drug dealer for the rest of my <laughs> life. Like, I said that, and I was like, this is the best job in the world. And, you know... Uh, I, I never th- thought that I would think different, you know. But we change. People change. change. People change. And I, we... There's anxiety with every job. I feel like if you're the best drug dealer in the world, though, you got to be looking over your shoulder. I mean, look at what's his name in Mexico. He, you know, uh, why am I blanking on his Narcos? No, um, oh, Escobar. Pablo Escobar. You got. You're, you're a target if you're making a lot of money in that world over time, right? You, it's probably yeah. stressful. Yeah. Well, that was the one thing. After my cousin got locked locked up, people were making me work for them. I was oh. like a pawn, yeah. you know, and it got to the point where I wasn't really even making that much money. So I'm like, I got to get out of here, but I couldn't get out because if I stopped working, because I knew all, I had all the routes, I knew all the people, I had all the connections, and but I was working for somebody else that took over after my cousin got locked mm. up, you know. So I had a Mazda RX-7. That thing's worth like eighty grand now, and I <laughs> I signed it over to the one guy because he said I owed him more money than I did. I'm like, I got to get the hell out of here because wow. he said I got to come up with like another ten grand tomorrow, and this is in. 98, 99, that's a lot of money back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I was like, yeah, I'll get you to rest tomorrow. I left my apartment, everything. I just left. Boom, just boom. You saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, I didn't, like, sit there and, you know... uh, Remember that guy uh, that... that that, that uh, John Gotti killed because he hit killed his son. That guy was like hanging around for like you know he should have left that day. Right. You know as soon as his son got killed, he hit him by accident. I think uh, I don't know if you know the story. He hit he, John Gotti's son by accident. Yes, his son was driving a like a moped and he just came in. I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't uh, uh, you know on purpose, but the guy disappeared. You know I don't know who did killed the son him. die. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, son died. Joseph, I believe. Joseph, I believe. That's but the by, that's the worst luck ever. Yeah. Literally accidentally run over the I, the I don't know boss. all the details, but I just know that if I somehow killed a mobster like that powerful son, I'd be gone within two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's like there's a show out now called Your Honor with Brian Cranston. That's the plot line. They must oh, have been is? based off that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, was trying, I was just thinking killed. the same thing. I was like, they must have took that from It has there. to be from that. Oh, uh, they did? Yeah. yeah they took but you know what? In a way, you have great intuition on uh, how to protect yourself because you left. And now look at you. You're a funny stand-up comedian. You do, you do. You said you do workout classes. You have a whole nother life now. I do. I work at... Uh... <laughs> I work and teach yoga. I teach yoga now. That that yeah. I would never expect from yeah. you. If I look at the book, talk of the, about cover, the opposite side. Cover huh? the book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually just finished my fourth ten uh, day silent meditation camp. They call what? them retreats, but it's not really. It's like a ten day prison, dude. Like wow, you, know, you just sit in silence. You meditate for fourteen hours a day. You start at four four thirty in the morning. You go to ten o'clock at night. Did you yeah. like that? I loved it. What? Wait, was that somewhere it, like like in a desert? I did, or I did it two in Joshua Tree and two in Yosemite. What? It's awesome. It's like the first three days, you you literally go through death. Because like, you're just going crazy. You're going crazy. You're, 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 you figure out you're just a slave to your life, to your patterns, your habits, like all your addictions, TV, phone, all that stuff's gone. Wow. You know? 
And then the fourth day, you feel this freedom that's like unbelievable. You know what I mean? I it's need like this. it's like a bliss, and it's completely free. But you just have to follow all the rules that they say, and you have to wow. work hard. You know, and they don't want you working or anything. They don't want you like some places they have you like do chores. No, they just want you focusing on these three techniques of meditation. That's it. Whoa. And it's a science of mind and matter. If you're if you're a Catholic, it'll make you a better Catholic. If you're Jewish, it'll make you a better Jewish person. If you're Indian, make you a better Hindu, whatever. You know, it really just adds to your life in all areas. And and then like for me, I suffer from a lot of anxiety sure. and uh you know, like I, I was like a little nervous today cuz I was coming here cuz I don't know I don't know if it's an Italian thing, but I hate elevators, man. Really? I can't get elevator. I feel like I'm like, you know, Wait. I get in them, but I don't like it, man. I don't like it. Well, yeah, I was talking to somebody yesterday about that. I was saying, that I was like, you know, if I had an apartment, I was like, the only problem with an apartment building is an elevator. Like, I would have to go in an elevator. Walk up. Not that, not in, yeah, okay, walk up. But I was just, you know, I mean, uh, just getting an elevator every day. Do you have one at your, your place? You have an elevator? No, first floor. Two, blo- two steps floor, in and out. Yep. Well, we don't have an elevator here, so you, I, I hope. That's why okay. I said I looked at. It, I said, "Thank God, there's not an elevator." You were worried. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I hate to tell you, but we are going to go to the, my buddy's 17th floor later. But that was for the. No, episode. no. I mean, I'll, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. You know, I, I do it. I just don't like it. You Famously, D. Martin was afraid of elevators too. He used to take the steps. So is Sugar Ray Robinson. Wow. Sugar Ray Robinson can ride elevators either. I mean, you're in this box, and the thing, you know, especially I, I remember seeing this girl in the valley, and I got in the elevator, and it's like. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, is it gonna move? This is it's it. gonna move? It's gonna move? Oh my god, it's not gonna. Then, oh thank god, you know, it's like, dude, I was stuck in the elevator in New York City for you did? over two hours once, and you were fine. And, and this is the, this is probably the craziest thing ever. We're all going to my buddy's apartment. I had like food, wine, like getting ready for a night. We're all, we all froze up and got really nervous. Everyone didn't move, and we stayed that way for like over an hour. I want to say two hours. Literally, the idiot who was standing by the door, some random guy, just shimmied his body, and his jacket moved out of the doors, and the elevator moved. His jacket was stuck for two hours, but he didn't move because every, everyone was whoa, so nervous. Whoa, 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 whoa. The guy in the, w- w- in the elevator with us. It was his jacket. It was his jacket. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it wasn't even a malfunction. <laughs> His jacket was And everybody in the door. was cool. Nobody freaked out. Nobody moved. We what were so hell? scared. And, we just, oh. and I remember mentally, because I'm afraid of that too. I remember being like, it's going to be like, I was, I'm was. i a wired optimist, which is not always healthy for That's me. That's awesome, but dude. I was like, it's going to be okay. But it wasn't even like the elevator malfunction. It was some stunad just like standing at the door. <laughs> but that is scary, man. Like, Sometimes I get in, I want to get in an elevator with people I think that are like good people, because then it won't get stuck. I'm like, oh, she looks like a really yeah, good mom. Really nice you know, like I'm going to get on with her. Like it probably will probably move. What's you know? your go-to when you see a stranger in an elevator? Do you say hello? Do you do a, no, a you nod? No, you can't talk. You can't you talk. Do you talk? No, but I do that kind of classic white guy, like, hey, yeah, hey. Um, well, it depends. Like, so if I'm at my yoga job and I run into people, I'm a, I'm a little more friendlier because, uh, you know, they people might take my you. class or they know me. So, dude, I well, love that's the- your, your wheelhouse. Yeah. But normally it'll be like, what floor? Sometimes I'll ask what floor, but now everybody's so antisocial. They, they're rushing to press the floor before you can even Everyone's ask what floor. Of interactions, especially yeah. I think it's interesting that, like, if judging by, you know, your past life and your look, I think most people wouldn't expect you're teaching yoga and going on silent retreats. Camps. Camps. Yeah, camps. it's not a retreat. Camps. Yeah, it's not fun. 
it's, so, it's yeah. awesome so though. What's the first word you say once you, you, you after the fourteen? You know what's hours? funny? On the tenth day, first. you can talk, right? And the reason, one of the reasons why you don't talk is because, you know, according to like the Buddha, which is uh, Buddha is not the name of everybody, and they explain that to you. Buddha just means an enlightened person, mm-hmm. and anybody can be a Buddha, mm-hmm. but a lot very hard. And we probably will never see one, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Um, so one of the reasons is we have a hundred and each person has 121 different minds and 52 different contextuals of each mind. So that's a lot of people talking as it is. So you don't want to add somebody else's 101, 52 contextuals to your mind. So they want you to have your own experience because if you're like, Hey, did you, did you, did you feel that? Did you feel electric mm. current? Oh, yeah. no, I didn't feel it. And then they start craving electric current or right. something. And then they're not, it just ruins their experience. And also your morality has to be perfect to get the technique. And if you can speak, you have an opportunity to speak lies. Yeah. Which after you could talk on the 10th day, I lied seven times within like 14 seconds. Right, I couldn't, away. right away. And I was, cause you're just so hyper aware of how much you lie. Like Whoa. just little stupid lies. Like this guy's like, Hey, can I get a ride? I'm like, nah, I got to go to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want him in the car with me. And instead of saying, hey, I don't want you in the car with me. I just want to chill out. We do fib a lot to make other people not feel as bad sometimes. Yeah. I've, sh- I've shed that a little bit lately, but that is hard to do. It's crazy, and you're just hyper aware when you get out of there, you know? So. Are you still? How, how fresh is this? Um, no, this was about eight months ago. Okay. I'm probably going to do another one. It's good for comedy, too. Like you, you, a Comedy is a, an, you know, an economy of words on stage, so you really have to think about what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's a great experience, and like your back gets really strong, which is like spine health is completely underrated. Yeah. So my, you, by the time you're meditating, straight spine. Like people think you're laying on your back, closing your eyes, you're meditating. Now meditation is a very difficult endeavor. You got to pass through the anger, the frustration, the agitation, the boredom. Yeah. You got to pass through all that stuff to get to the peaceful place. Dude, that's so hard. You know, but once you get there. It's awesome, you know. I'm getting anxiety thinking. I know. About it. My All wife right. wishes I was on a, a silent at a silent camp since we've been married. She, <laughs> I just because I, I have a, I have a pinched uh, nerve right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've been trying to do all sorts of remedies. Uh. And I'm new to LA, so I try to do a little bit of weed, like to like help it. Right. And, and she's sober, my wife. So she, you know, we always talk about uh-huh. stuff. And she goes. Um, I'm like, do you not like that I'm trying to medicate with that a little bit? She goes, no, you get quiet. I said, great. Because I, I do. I sh- that makes me shut up. Like It, may, it kind of puts me in right. and calms me down. What's it like CBD or something? Yeah, yeah She's rubbing on it with yeah, the THC little, in it? A little bit, but like it just helps me. Does it help? Yeah, it has oh, some. But it's funny because like I'm not a, so not a silent guy. She's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Silence is good. <laughs> but for all of us, we kind of all... You know, yeah, like look at me, it. like I can't shut up, and if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, you know I, cannot, what I mean, I'll never pin you to someone that like. I well, you get into it once you get there. It's like you see the folk, the purpose of it. You know, yeah. it's like uh, there's actually a documentary called The Dama Brothers where they took this same technique into the worst prison in Alabama and changed the whole prison system. Whoa! Because you know, 97 percent of the people that go to jail are going to get out, and they're going to get out worse than the way they were. Right? Yeah, you it's know? such a bad system. So this gives you a tool. To know how you're hurting your each uh, others, but more importantly, hurting yourself sure. by hurting others. Yeah, and you're not aware of it because you don't have the faculty of awareness. And in India, they say human beings have a six-inch veil of ignorance wrapped around our heads. Mm. You know that we well, can't see through. Also, the world you're talking about a lot of it's so much survival and just uh, what's the you know just making reactive yeah life, yeah reactive life yeah versus inner work. You know, have you ever been to jail? Yeah, yep. 
in Philly? No. Um, I was in, locked up in L.A. three times for a couple weeks at a it's time. It's be brutal here. And then I did one 30-day stint in, like, North Carolina. I had, like, a salt and battery charge. Damn. Um, and I, that, it really straightened me out because I'm claustrophobic. It's probably... And I just don't like not being able to get get out. Yeah, you can't. That's yeah. that was the main reason. That's you know, thank God, God probably intervened on me. On yeah, that. isn't it amazing how people like us who don't like to uh, be told what to do put ourselves in positions to be told what to do? <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, literally. True. Well, now, yeah. His, your your worst nightmare will be like a, a prison full of elevators. Like yeah. An elevator prison would be your. You, Write you that down. It's a good joke for you. Yeah. Write it down. Yeah. Seriously, that's a good premise. That is. Yeah, that's a great premise. You put yourself brilliant. in situations you hate. That's brilliant. Yeah. You're like, I can't imagine, especially the era I think you're talking about, like like jails in L.A., like it's probably tough. Yeah, I was in Twin Tower uh, for a little while. Not not that long, you know, because it's like a holding uh, county. But I never did like prison. I did like jail. There's a difference between jail and prison. Um, jail in some ways is worse from what I've been told because prison you can, you know, you're there. You yeah. know, like there's a little more of this or that. Yeah, you had to got TV. Yeah, extended yeah, stay. Extended yeah. stay. To some degree, I guess. But um, yeah, I knew a lot of the mafia guys and they got locked up and they, they liked it, man. Like my one friend was a hit man for the mob. He's like, man, I want to go back. I want to go back. <laughs> He's like, people don't appreciate shit out here, Rock. People don't appreciate shit out here. I'm like, damn, dude. Well, the like, clout system there, I'm sure if you're in the mafia, you yeah. have like more respect yep. than like, because it's all criminals. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, oh, he's a big yeah. mafia guy. Yeah, especially back then, you know. I'm, I'm sure it's not the same, but yeah. yeah. I got in trouble one time when I was in a, I was in a county jail and one of the guys who left this security the uh, sheriff's department guy goes, I'll see you soon. <laughs> when the guy oh, left, man. I was like, wow. you know, that's pretty fucked up. He was like, oh, no, he comes here all the time. He's always he's like, here. He's, yeah, yeah. he's like, if there's such thing as a regular, he's like, he's a regular. regular. <laughs> He'll be back. And I was like, wow. They're like, here's all your stuff, sir. He's like, nah, you know what? You keep it here. Yeah. I'm just going to go. I'll be back. Hold on to my belongings. Hello, Dolce Vita. I love that movie. Classic. I got it on, on DVD, on Blu-ray. They, they released yeah. it, you know? I picked that from the trash in New York when I was That's such there. a great That's find. That's favorite movies, and it's been hanging on my wall ever since. Wow. A lot of artwork I might in steal here that. I've acquired. Yeah. No, dude, you left that. Like, yeah. You can't steal my artwork. <laughs> now you left Scorsese it. re-released it on Blu-ray, you know, because he, cool. he basically took Fellini's style and made it. Amer- he like, you know, he, he basically took it. So. You see the new one yet? Killers? No. Is it good? I'll let you see it. Let me see it. Let you, I don't like giving opinions, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really into new movies anymore. I'm into like the old. I've been watching more old movies. Like I, I've been watching. I love this scene where he's driving in the car and she's making him meet the meatballs. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's like, oh, it's the same shit that our parents so would do. We're like, come on, you gotta eat. You gotta eat something. And and then they're like, it's like two in the morning. She's like, coffee. Anybody want coffee? Quintessential Italian. Yeah, that's what I think people don't understand about Italians too. Is like what what's important to us at any hour. Like I'll go to get an espresso with you at three. Yeah. Coffee at this hour? Yeah. What are you crazy? I'll never sleep. It's like, what is wrong with you? Don't, doesn't yeah. it annoy you when you when you see people who are so wound up by dumb stuff? Yeah, like that dumb like just. You seem like a loose guy, like you live loose. I feel like Rico, you sort of do as well. We're very like we're all from the same cloth. Yeah, life is short. Go with the flow. But you yeah. know, what? I never like thought of anything because my whole life we've always drank you know a little espresso after dinner, right? So like, you know, it was never like a thing like to where like I thought about caffeine. 
Yeah, like, but I, you know, as I got older, people like, oh, it keeps you up. I'm like, it does. I'm like, because it seemed to put us all to sleep. Yeah, like, I know. Like, we'd have a little espresso yeah. and like, clean yeah. up, yeah, clean sleep. up. Like, That's you know, it. That was, yeah, that was the juice to help us do the dishes. Exactly. You know, I, if like, I'm being honest, though, I think a lot of my Italian tendencies might be self-destructive, but like I, I don't care. Like, like I, like I will wince if someone goes, you know what? I'm having a great time, but I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna leave this fun to go to bed. I got a big day tomorrow. <laughs> I, I would never. You'll never hear me say that. I will never ever. say that ever. Paul <laughs> ride that day. The wheels but like, fall off. But, but I literally judge. <laughs> I judge people just taking care of themselves. Yeah. I go, Look at this guy. You're gonna go to bed. You're gonna get a full eight. We just, we just let us go. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. But then I'm gonna die earlier, probably. You yeah, know, it's, it's yeah. bad for me. But I think it, I, I tied to being Italian though because there's so much of that. Like, well, let's just go with the flow. It's well, like European too. It's very like whatever yeah. you know. Like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry. We'll figure it out. Don't I worry. do. I. It is my like uh, kryptonite, kryptonite though. And people have that kind of like, you know what it is though. It comes down if we're talking like inner work. It's control. We have this kind of disguised control that if you really let go and realize so much is not in your control mm -hmm. there's a freedom yeah so like i mean not I, I should get more sleep obviously but like i know what's not mine a lot of the time you know what i mean yeah and sometimes that could be more stressful like i gotta go to bed i gotta go to bed i gotta do you know that could be oh, stress yeah. too you know i, I mean sleep so right now i got four hours yeah. right but everyone just wants hours. to control we all think we have all this crazy control we don't we don't nothing but like people really i think people who operate that way type a i do feel like they just they believe their control more more than maybe how I do. Right. I don't know if that's true or not, but that sounds good. It sounds <laughs> nice. I think it it resonates. It makes it commonsensical. You know, commonsensical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do we really control besides ourselves anyway? You know, I'm gonna stay up. I barely could do that. You doing yoga? You fucking with yoga? Funny you say that, and I'd like you to teach me. Um, You're not fucking with yoga. Well, I want to know why I want to because I have this injury. Oh, you know, you'll be gone in three weeks. Really? Yeah. Can Dude, I, I got four slip discs in my back. You do? Yeah, I got so many injuries. Um, right now, I'm training jujitsu two times nice. a week, Muay Thai once a week. Cool. Plus, I'm doing resistance training three, four. Wow. And then I teach spinning twice a week and cardio boxing. And then um, I do my own spin classes. I go for these 10 minute walks too, like uh, at a four mile an hour pace. Nice. I try to do three a day. Nice. Um, and then my, I'm doing this thing called the vertical diet. Um, this guy, Stan Efren, came up with it. Uh, he's John Jones' trainer. Right. It's really great. You know, so we get all that stuff together dialed in uh, well dude i would love I, what is hold on the vertical, vertical? diet yeah, yeah, you yeah, eat everything yeah, uh standing <laughs> no dude, that's what i was thinking too that's what i need to know because i know it can't be that right I mean, <laughs> yeah i have a little bit of this uh the um the uh golfer's elbow okay but that's from when i first started jujitsu when you're new you grab so hard it blew the tendons out my oh, arms God. but other than that now it's fine you know so but, what's vertical? What's a vertical diet? It's basically like really easy digestive foods, you know. Um, you know, like I'll do like fat, fat-free Greek yogurt. I'll like do whole, uh, whole foods basically. I'll do like white rice. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you start with protein first because protein produces satiety, which gets rid of your appetite, and it's got a higher thermal. Uh, something thermal where, where your body burns more calories totally. eating protein first. Totally. So you eat the protein first, you know? Yeah. And eat as much protein as you want and then add a little bit of white rice and then, uh, you know, I'll do some carrots or, or something like clean, that. Clean. Yeah, but it'll be like lean bison. Nice. Um, I cut eggs out because I found out I had a, I got an allergy test. Okay, yeah. Where yeah. I found I'm allergic to egg whites. A lot of people are. I That's didn't know that, trippy. man. That cleaned it up quick, man. I was having like a lot of like stomach issues and things like oh, that. good. 
And, uh, you know, we're getting older, so it's like you got to watch you everything, man. Yeah. The, the protein thing is so true. My buddy's a trainer, and I, you know, I make pizza. I know you make pizza, too. Yeah. And every time I text him, I go, I'm having a pizza today. He goes, eat a few chicken breasts before. Yeah. So that, like, you don't have a thousand pies. Yep. I mean, it's, it's better said than done. But my, my pizza's pretty lean and clean, but still. I made a small one this way. They're getting smaller and smaller. I saw it, dude. You guys stretch that dough. <laughs> yeah, you know. You're smart, though. You're yeah. You're leaner. You're doing less. less yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know? I, I, I'm going for taste. I'm not trying to like sell my pies your so pies look good though you make it like last week i got like yeah, some cherry tomatoes and i just boiled them down i don't know if you ever seen them make like matanara in italy they just throw the tomatoes in there and yeah. boil it they don't yeah. do all this like peeling they throw the tomatoes boil yeah. it down they throw the garlic in there boom salt oregano black we, pepper yeah. boiled down those little cherry tomatoes had a nice texture nice. you know what i mean yeah. so i got the pie made try to make it thin like a cracker but it was i tried to get too much out of the little dough that i had and uh, also, I've been using this uh, uh, Italian yeast. That's what I was trying to tell you oh, about. Oh, yeah. Which one? Can we uh, yeah, using that? I've used it. Yeah, you, yeah. You're not using it now? The dry yeast? Yeah. Yeah, I've used yeah, it. yeah it's, it's good. It's good. And now, are you, are you adding that to your dough? When? When are you adding that? Well, I, I do. I mix it in the water first. I good, get it to bubble. Good. good. I do the then same I get thing. the flour, you know, Bravo, the double O. Bravo, yeah. Yeah, put it in there, you know, a little bit of olive oil. Bravo. I, I, uh, my, my buddy's a famous chef in New York. He, he owns the little owl. Okay. And Market Table, I grew up with him. His name's nice. uh, Joey Joey Capanero. Cool. And he was uh, he's he's pretty big. He did Iron Chef a bunch of times. But he said, don't use the, the uh, sugar in the water. No. He said, use honey. Oh, wow. So I use I honey now. Yeah, yeah, honey instead of sugar. He goes, I haven't had sugar in my house in years, Rock. Um, so now I do a little bit of the honey. Oh, honey. I'll try that. And then yeah. instead of uh, parmigiano or romano, I, used, I just get the ragot and I... Just throw it on there because nice. it's easier to digest than the Parmigiano. Nice, nice. So I'm like, I'm, like I said, I'm trying to stay. There you go. You know. You know what's funny when you like describe a, Italian food, you sound more Philly. I just heard more Philly when you talk about the food. You know. Oh yeah. It comes out. Yeah. 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 Thanks, man. You don't like that. I get excited. Yeah. yeah you, you guys should have a pizza off one day. We should. See, see who, well, I love. Uh, I love following you. That's why I wanted to meet you and have you on the podcast because I followed you. I'm like, this guy's like does everything I do except the jujitsu. You do what I do. I yeah, do. But he, he takes his shirt off when he cooks a lot. He used yeah. to. He doesn't do that well, anymore. He's working. He can. He earned that. Do it all I'm time. gonna do it more. Yeah. I'm gonna do it more do often. More. You yeah, gotta be the shirtless yeah. cook. You I do. Sex sells. People want to see your yeah. cats. I you know, but I want them to focus on the food. You yeah, know? I know. You're it sucks. Right. I'm actually package, I'm dude. actually doing a cannoli video. We're making cannolis um, from scratch. Me and another girl from the one of the shows we did together. Oh yeah. I forget her name. Joanne? No. She's a baker. She's like a. I don't know. We do. By the way, we all do shows together and. I think this is going to air after this happens. Well, we I have Rico's doing that show for the first time this weekend coming up. No way. Are you on that yeah, this Saturday? Saturday. No. I was supposed to host it. Oh. But I got another gig making more money, so I got to hey. do it. You got to do it. Um, oh, here it is. It's uh, uh, Ashley Arpel. Oh, okay. I didn't remember her last nice, name. Nice, nice. So we're going to do a cannoli-making video. Nice. I made them once. Uh, but I finally got the little rollers, oh, you know? Cool. You need the rollers. And yeah, my friend's like, oh, just get a toilet stool and wrap. I'm like, are you nuts? No. Are you nuts? Like, I'm going to sit there just the thought of, like, a thing that you wipe your ass, you know what I mean? Wait, and that's what? going with the, like, oh, what does it matter oh, with you? Yeah, she's like, like, put a tinfoil around. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. No. So I actually did, like, try to, I did it all by hand in the deep fryer. And it, it came out all right. I messed up, like, four of them, but. 
I got you like put your hands in there when you're molding it. No, oh. no. But I dipped it in. I pulled it out. Pulled it out. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. Then shaped it. The best Italian ingredients, as you know, and the best food you do you do mess up your hands. Mozzarella. Yeah, yeah. The dough, the pizza. Yeah. I got the brick oven. I'm burning my hands all the time. Right. Most of my pizzas have like fried hair, arm hair on them. It's like pulling them out of this 800 <laughs> degree. <laughs> it's a flavor. We gotta have Rocco over for the brick oven, man. I got, oh, oven. I got the stone. I got the stone. My girl got me the stone. It's um. It's a, a piece of lava rock from Sicily nice. that they pulled out of the volcano. That's amazing. We got it, and it does. It, it really adds to it the flavor. Heats up nice. Yeah, because I got like the shitty oven, but I like, I like doing this. I like making stuff with like less. Yeah, you, you know. Th- yeah, I like taking stuff and making it work with what I don't have. You know, good chefs do. That's what yeah. Every time recipe came from just having the ingredients around. From, right. And it's, you know, being poor and having one. Yeah, like around. carbonara. Like, throw some eggs in there, yeah, some exactly. bacon. Yeah. I was making an ongoing joke like that mozzarella just started because a guy tripped and, and knocked over a goat into a hot water. And they're like, hey, what's this? Oh, pull it out. Hey, it's stretching. Hey, hey is that Tony Mozzarella over there? What you doing? What you got over there, Tony Mozzarella? What? They're like the cheese here. But, you know, it's funny. It all, it, all, it, all spins, it all spins around. Like, you know, you're cooking now with the cherry tomatoes you just yeah. throw it in. So it gets, gets all difficult, difficult, difficult. Then it goes right back to the pure. And then it goes, oh, we, it does. It circles. If I think we should, make cooking. A, we should make a pact, us three, right now. A pact. We continue to grow in our budding entertainment careers and beyond. We should all go in on a place in Italy, and we should just go there and cook and have parties and do an Italian. That sounds amazing. He should get a a piece of from uh, Vesuvio. You should get a a, a A stone stone from Vesuvio. It's got a little bit of you know the ghost and (laughs) a little Pompeii. A little Pompeii. Someone's someone's finger. I was watching this uh, cooking show, and the guy he's called like the uh, the pizza nerd or the pizza. Scientist the or something. Yeah, he's in DC. Yeah, and he would use the yeast. He got yeast from Capri. Whoa! And he had a big bucket of it. And that's what he used. And he would put it, the ovens got so hot he would cook the pizza in like eight seconds or something. Yeah, it was it's like quick. it's quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was cool. I thought that was cool to My get some like too, some really yeast. Hot. When it's really hot, I can cook a pizza in a minute. It's awesome. It's crazy. Paul, Paul's got one of those. Now, when I was ones. with my cousins in uh, Italy last time I went two years ago, they were. They put actually put tuna fish on the pizza, Whoa, which yeah, was yeah, interesting. Yeah, they do weird stuff, yeah. yeah. The, also, the uh, they don't have rules. We don't have rules. We don't put it on. Yeah, it's like sardines. We're gonna tell me I'm not Italian enough. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> we, we're here. <laughs> what the hell are you talking where's about? Where's your family from? Uh, southwest, like uh, below Naples. Yeah. Okay. On yeah. the other, on the on the west. On the okay, west, got it, got it, got it. southwest. Like, yeah. By the Amalfi Coast, sort of. Yeah, lower, lower, oh, no. lower, lower. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a Chilento. Okay. Yeah. Chilento. Yeah, it's like they'll call the lost territory. Nice. Did, yeah. they, did your parents come over? No, no, great grandparents. Great grandparents. Yeah, Philly, right? Yeah, in the early 1900s. A lot of, yeah. lot of immigrants from. But you know, you stay, you know, people come to visit and you stay in touch with them, you know. It's like Philly's very, like, uh, stay, like, to the roots. Like, we have a lot of this customs that they still do over there, yeah. you know, making the Sunday gravy and all, you totally. know. Totally. Or ragu, whatever you want to call it. You know. What is sauce? Yeah, sauce yeah, is yeah. marinara. You got your uh, your basil, you got your 
pepper, onion, garlic. You got your San Marzano tomato. That's uh, sauce, right? Sauce. Once the meat hits the tomato, it's no longer sauce. It's, it's gravy. No, it's gravy. But uh, yeah, Thanksgiving. We're gonna have this no, no, it's gravy. Look you at know, the look up the definition of gravy. It doesn't say any. It says it says any liquid that extracts the juices from meats. Yeah, but what is, is called a gravy, technically defined. So wait, wait say that again. Any definition. When is Italians ever referred to a definition of anything? We make all our own the time. We make our own. Hey, check out the Webster's. Check out the yeah, Webster's. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, just for clarity, you know. Yeah, even well, even if you look up gravy in the dictionary, it makes sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a report. I did. I you know one of my for one of my gigs, I did a report on like literally a segment for TV on this exact topic. Really? And we debunked it. Some it's it comes down to the family. Some families, when they came to America, they wanted to say gravy to assimilate because it's an American word. Yeah, that's it's, it's the translation of ragu. Yes. Yeah, so they that's were the like, closest thing, no, gravy. There's no gravy in Italy, though. There's no actual word in Italy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's ragu. So they were like... Or sugo. Yeah, sugo is sauce, really. So they were like... Salsa is salsa. So, you're right, you're right. Sugo, sugo is sugo. the gravy. No. Salsa. Yeah. So they were like trying to figure out... You know what's the what's the American equivalent, and let's let's make it. I look at it like this: if my shit tastes better than yours, then I'll call whatever the fuck I want. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's a great point. You know what I mean? Like like when when you get in the kitchen, you start cooking for six, seven hours, eight hours, making brajol and meatballs and two different types of meatballs with beef, pork, and veal, and and you're throwing in ribs and and cutting them up and chopping them down and Hell throwing yeah. them in there and. You you call whatever you want. I guess so. I guess you know you, you gotta know you, you're you gonna want. sit there yeah, on the yeah. freaking chair and tell me it's sauce. Can you get in here and slave over well, the kitchen? Yeah, that's uh, that's basically what it came down to though is you know family armchair quarterbacks. You know yeah. Oh, oh I, I hate best at it. Yeah, I hate when people try and get involved if I'm doing the work. Like when I where I grew up, the men made all the gravy and the women made all the lasagna, the monogod, all yeah, the like yeah. harder stuff. They baked all everything, you know. But the men would make the gravy. Yeah, because I mean, simple. If you really think about it, the men are really carrying the tradition more than the women. I feel like nowadays. Well, that's because we live in L.A. We do all the things women used to do in the 50s. It's just a, <laughs> it's a different... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's swapped. It's, yeah. it's I wear an apron at the house, and I make sure she has a sandwich when she gets yeah, home. Yeah, she we, gets home the, we are the... Uh, I don't want to say the word bitches, but bitches. We, 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 we've swapped. <laughs> but I have the, a bit I'm working on that borderline gets me in trouble where I go, like, you know, the epit you know, the the ideal man in 2023 is Timothy Chalamet. I'm like, sorry. Right. So the example of a man in this generation is a 16-year-old girl. That's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what we're inspiring to be. You know? We're going backwards. It gets me in trouble, though, a little bit. But you know, masculinity shouldn't be under attack. Men and women have strengths. It's good to be both. It's good that you know what? Like the yin and the yang, you know? You know, exactly. I, I think about it. Like, you know, like, they have feminists, this, that. I think the Italian women did it smart because they knew they can't teach an old dog new tricks, and they just started with the kids. With their kids, because look at all of us. We pretty much, you know, women pretty much could tell us what to do at any given time. That's true. Yeah. And we listen. They weren't trying to change people at now. They were like, we're going to raise them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Our grandfathers are rolling over in their graves. Our nonas yeah. are like, we yeah. did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are like, this is the way we do it. This is how we, we start. We start from birth. We did it. You know, mama's boy wasn't a term to like, you know, until we know. Yeah, the Italian boy you know, never like, leaves oh, the house. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? Now it's just a term. Like, mama's boy. People don't realize, you know, my father, that, that was not a term. 50 years ago. You're right. Boy. I know. I look at my nephews, you know, they just, it's like they're wrapped in bubble wrap, you know? It's like they have yeah. no muscle tone, you know? Yeah. Nothing. Well, we're too, our generation is just too scared. Speaking of like control, 
so many parents just think that they can micromanage like life now. Like, and the pandemic made it a lot worse. Yeah. Oh yeah. People think like, um, I don't want my kid to get sick. I don't want my kid to get bullied. I don't want my kid to get this. This is life. You're going to face it all and figure out how to deal with it. That's my take. Well, I mean, our, our kids, uh, Carmela and my son Giovanni, they're good friends, and they they literally play like bulls. I mean, Carmela for a girl is like a bull. Yeah. You know, she and I don't stop it. No, like, no, exactly. what are you gonna, I, Yeah, yeah. I, she just, you know, that's just the way they are. They just, you know, they leave with their head. Bill Burr has a new movie out, which I, I, I really related to. It's called Old Dads, a bunch of dads who are older. And <laughs> at, it starts, there's a great scene where, like, a kid falls, and the dad just, like, rubs some dirt on it. He'd be fine. With it. And, then, and then a parent comes up, and he's like, dirt? Dirt could give him a disease. You gotta oh, clean yeah. that out. And it's exactly this idea of, <laughs> like, <laughs> the hypochondria and the kind of rough and tumble. I do think moving here, and I talk about this too much on this show, but, like, you strike me as a guy like us. We want our kids to have... We don't want them to be jerks or sociopaths, but we want to have a little bit of thick skin. Got to get them into jujitsu. Yeah, ju- yeah, you're right. Jiu-jitsu is the, is the perfect thing. Discipline. Because uh, you just learn how to grind. You yeah. learn how, what it feels like to have that friction. Somebody's on top of you. You're learning cool things. Nobody, if you know jujitsu, nobody you're going to be able to beat anybody in a street fight that doesn't know any, you know? Unless they know, they know it, too. And if they know it, too, they're not going to want to fight you. Because you have more respect for people. Well, my brother's really into it. They've been, he's been saying for years I should do it. But now you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Come to the come to my come. place, man. I want to do yoga too with you, man. I yeah, do all this. The, the yoga thing's really funny because I was trying to date this girl uh, who worked at the Laugh Factory um, when I first moved here. She was a waitress, and she goes, "Do you want to take a cool yoga class with me?" And I was just doing it for the date. You know what I mean? And she, we go to Santa Monica, and we take this yoga class. And it wasn't like I thought yoga was all about stretching. I thought that's what yoga was, stretching. Um, but it's not. There's stretching in there, mm-hmm. but it's like a full mind, body, and spirit experience, sure, sure. you know? And they focus a lot on uh, alleviating compression, uh, creating traction in the joints, which causes back pain. You know, it's the number one cause of back pain is compression. And you use your own body strength to alleviate that. It's very scientific. And you use the breath. Mm. You know, they did studies that if you close your eyes and you breathe into an area that's uh, inflamed and you focus on that area, take deep inhales and exhales, restorative cells come and take care of that area. That's crazy. Yeah, the breath is such a tool that we miss even in the, in the west because they turned yoga into eastern calisthenics yeah yeah but out here this place they were doing it right and i walked in and i took this guy's class and it was amazing so i went back on my own i liked it so much i went back on my own and the guy was supposed to teach and he wasn't there and this old guy walks in i'm like who's this old guy man like and i started judging him and this and that by the end of the class i'm crying Wow. I'm crying. He's doing this meditation of gratitude. Think about your mama, your, you know, your cousin. Mm-hmm. He's taking you through all the beautiful things in your life. And it was a hard class, too, physically. So afterwards, I go to talk to the guy. And I say, hey, man, I'll go to shake his hand. He was sitting on the ground. He goes, hey, can you help me up? And I'm like, man, this guy's humility, you know, is a very attractive thing. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, he should be, oh, I don't need help. I'm the teacher, you right, know? It right, wasn't yeah. any of that. So, like, hey, can you help me up? We became like best friends. He took me under. It turned out he's like the most influential uh, American yoga teacher ever to live. Wow. You know, and I and they took me under his wing. He trained me directly, you know, That's and crazy. he's the one that got me into the silent things. He goes, this is the real yoga. Wow. The silent meditation. That's the yoga. Wow. You don't you don't you're not even going to know what you're doing in this class. till you do one of those. That's sick. 
So he's the one that got me into well, it. What's the uh, stu- what's the stupidest thing you did for to get on a date with a girl? <laughs> the stupid. Like, like oh, we'll do anything. We'll do anything. Want to know? It was like hiking. Like, you don't you know, even want to know. Me hiking. She's and I was lying. I'm like, yeah, I hike all the time. So she took me on this like intense hike, and I pushed through and everything. But I fucking might as well. I deleted a number. You went home. You're like never again. Cool. Yeah, Why was she like I blowing you off the? Dude. Was she blowing you off the trails and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> was she? Was she? Come on. Was she? Did you pack a lunch? Did you stop and eat? <laughs> That's yeah, that's I mean, not that bad. Well, what, 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 no, 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 I'm just saying. Like, I can imagine what you. The worst thing I've ever done. You, you always hook up. Okay. Girls. Like for some reason, all the comedy girls are all over you all the time. No, they aren't. Are they? Yeah, they I don't realize it, it if they are. Around, they always bring up. You know, being around, oh. being around Rocco, oh. liking Rocco. He's got. He's got. A, I don't. Nobody need says you. I don't get no uh, liking shout outs. He's got. A, I don't need you energy, which is attractive. Yeah, which mine is the opposite. I don't even notice. Rico's like, I need you. I don't even notice. Please help me. To be honest with you, I don't even notice they're talking. Talking about me until they're blowing me. I'm like, oh, I think she likes me. You know, she's blowing me now. She looks pretty good while she's blowing me. You know, the worst thing I ever did, all right, was um, this is before I got sober. I'm at Delilah's den. I'm fat now. I'm like a washed up version of myself. I'm 250 pounds. I was a fat cokehead. I don't know if you ever seen one of them. You're an right anomaly. There's a, there was, I was exotic. I was exotic. There was a couple at the zoo next to the meerkats. Um, so I'm sitting there, and they had. I never liked dating the strippers, or you know, but I liked the, like the waitresses, you know. Because they were like, you know. But that's funny because, you know what? I, my friends used to make fun of me. They're like, you like the waitress. I'm like, I don't know why. I always find Yeah, like I like that, the waitress. They take care of me, you know? Yeah, they're, they're like, like they're, they're, they're around it, but they're not it. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. They're part of it, but they're not doing it. They're you close know? enough, but you can still take them home to mom, maybe. Yeah, exactly, yeah, maybe. Yeah, this is a good line. Yeah. yeah. So I, I says, this girl, I'm like, oh my gosh, this girl's so beautiful. I was with my cousin Paulie at the time. He was there. I got a uh, cousin Paulie too. Maybe it's the same do. Paulie. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. all yeah. do. Yeah. We all do, yeah. Uh, so I was with him, and we're at Delilah's Den on Spring Garden Street. And I see this, I'm like, oh my gosh. So listen, I got, I used to the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. Can I get your number? No, no, no. And I kept like pressing her, pressing her. I'm like, come on, please, please. She's like, all right, like if you get on that stage and climb up that stripper pole, <laughs> I'll give you my number. <laughs> and I was like, what? She's like, if you get on that stage right now and climb up that stripper pole, you got my number. I said, bet. I jumped on that stage, bro. And, you know, like when I was in the Marine Corps, I could climb up a rope with no legs. Just sure, sure, sure. And I, I still had that mentality, you know. Bro, I got negative six inches on that pole. Wow. <laughs> my gut's hanging out. My rolls are hanging out. And then uh, the security guards, one grabbed each leg, carried me out of the strip club. They're like, you stupid motherfucker, you know? And I was like, Paulie, make sure you get the number. Wow. And she didn't give me the number. She said didn't get high enough up the pole. Damn. I literally didn't get up at all. Like, I literally Was slid. Did, did you change your ways? You're like, I gotta get back in shape to get get the girl. It was it was part of it. It was part of uh, part of my. Uh, that was like a big real. There was a couple of realizations Realization. that you have, you know, where where you're like, I gotta get I gotta get my shit together, yeah. you know. I mean, I was still relatively young at the time. I was 27. Nice. So you still think you're, you know, sure. I'm just young. Yeah, you got you the know? Hot, that kind of hothead, uh, cocky mentality. Yeah. No matter what, yeah. your body had other other <laughs> other ideas. Though. I didn't have it anymore, dude. <laughs> you know, and uh, so that was. Probably that was definitely hands down the dumbest thing, that, that might, and it and didn't work out. It didn't, didn't work, work out either, and it was embarrassing. And um, I think I moved to Miami after that. Soon, <laughs> actually, I gotta get out of here. That's when I moved to South um, Beach. Got cleaned up. How old were you in the Marines? When did you go? I was eighteen. Whoa. 
I was 18 when I went in. Yeah, it was the quickest way to success. You know, you sign a piece of paper. Three you're months out. later, you're wearing dress blues. You're a success story. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know you what I mean? Planes, early planes, all that stuff, man. And so, yeah. Did you go anywhere crazy when you were there? Um, I was. I deployed to uh, uh, Venezuela. We were doing a uh, desert warfare training there. I did. Um, Japan, Okinawa, Korea. I didn't Damn. do any of the sexy stuff. I was in Cuba for the riots. Oh, wow. Uh, which I can't really talk about because uh, of I have a case with the VA right now. Oh, no way. So, um, yeah. So it, it got a little nuts, but nothing like what they did in Iraq or anything. Sure. But but enough to fuck me up a little bit, you know? What would you, know? you say is the biggest stereotype for people on the outside about going to the Marines? Like, what do you think is, like, something that you, you were surprised about once you were there? Um... Like in the boot camp or like the... Just in general, like we all have an opinion of it from movies. I just and, you know. I just thought we would be doing more... Like I thought like I was going to like D-Day when I went in. Right. I was like, because I signed up infantry guaranteed contract and I'm like, this is it, man. I thought we were going to be like on the battlefield. You wanted to fight. You wanted yeah, to I thought we were going to be shooting every day and it was just... It was like a lot of training, man. Yeah. It was super hard. Tra- like some of the hardest, like being a an imp- everyday life of an inf- infantryman, especially with not a war going on, yeah. is dedication, man. Because you're like, what the hell am I doing this for? Yeah. And it's just nonstop. You're not sleeping. You're not eating. Your feet are wet all the time. You know, you're doing 10-day ops, 14-day ops uh, all over the place. You know, station North Carolina. You're getting eaten by every bug alive. Chiggers, they these chiggers. They'd be all over you. It was just brutal training, and you're like, "Well, what am I doing this for?" Yeah. And every day you got to find a reason to go to work, and it's just like, man, no sleep, yeah. wet, tired, hungry, cold, constantly. And then we would do these like 17 or 18, uh, they call them humps, force marches out to the field. So by the time you start the operation, uh, your feet already feel like you have glass in them. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And the footwear they have is terrible. It's a lot of you know? pain and suffering, I feel like. It's, like, rigorous. Yeah, rigorous. it was very rigorous. Um, I mean, it was a lot of fun to it, too, you know, because I, uh, yeah, I was in Bo Platoon. We'd be on Zodiacs, you know, training with the Navy SEALs and stuff. Cool. And there was, like, a lot of cool stuff we did. So you feel, like, cool because you're, oh. like, yeah, you feel like you're sitting there, like, 16 hours on a Zodiac boat with your dick on some guy's ass and his dick's on your ass and you're just like so connected we're men you're like yeah this is great i got i got chew like a red i had red man in my mouth and i'm like sitting there yeah i was like this is awesome (laughs) and then you get out of the marines and then you're i was working at wet seal which is a women's clothing store (laughs) and i'm like what the hell happened man i fucked up i should have stayed in and that's when i started doing the drug deal yeah but i do find also for people that young like i first of all when you come back people don't I don't know if people fully respect it like they should anymore. Like you come back from that, you kind of land in a in a weird place. You're like, what am I gonna do next? Like, don't you expect when you do that, you come back, people just are like, thank you. You it should be easy for you. Isn't it hard for people who leave once you leave? It's really hard because you know, you, you know, I, I, there's a lot of good podcasts out now and stuff where one of the things I didn't pay attention to is like you got to find a new mission. You yeah. know, and jujitsu is a really good one for vets to get That's into, awesome, yeah. you know. And plus, I was in the infantry, so I we were just training. I was with the same guys like all the time, They're your brothers, and very rarely with women. Like, we didn't see women in our units or anything, so it was all dudes. And like, I know, like in Greece and Sparta, like when you got out of the military, you would like they would give you like three months of like spas and you know, massages to kind of like, like. 
you know, that's what they do with a 10 day retreat on the, t- the, they give you one, t- t- like a, uh, you need like a, like a cushion, like yeah. a, like a, um, soft landing. Yeah. You need a buffer. You need something to kind of like ease you back into, because they can't just send you out in the world. 10 days, no talking. You're meditating 14 hours a day. Oh, here you go. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's, and that's another good thing for vets to do is that 10 day silent. Anybody should do that really, because I mean, once you go in there, you kind of pass through death and and that's what anxiety, like I had a panic attack so bad on that 10 day retreat camp. Sorry. I'm talking like you now that, uh, I I couldn't breathe and I'm like, all right, well then I guess I'll just die. Like you just kind of accept it. You accept that we're all going to die. This, that the thing, you know, the thing that's really upsetting everybody is that there's this underlying, uh, depression that we're all going to die at, a pretty bad death for, for the most part. You know, dying is horrible. Yeah. Like nobody dies easily. Um, and when you get past that, it's uh, it's really cool, man. I think like anything in life, what you're describing, which I'm attracted to, is you push through this misery to get somewhere bright on the other right, side. Right, right. Most people don't have. I wonder if you're training. You know, your story in the Marines and then the the street life. You're mentally maybe in sobriety. You're like mentally prepared to to get to that next level. I don't know. I definitely got deeper. I feel like than the average Joe, but you see everybody from all walks of life in there. Yeah, you see people thing. that like didn't know what they were getting into, mm. and after you do the first one, it's kind of cool because you you kind of can see a little bit like you know because if when people eat. Like it sounds like the Game of Thrones in there. They're they don't know what to do, so they're eating so aggressively. Their forks are smashing into the it's plate. Just noise. Yeah, they don't know what to do, and um, so in that sense, I had a little bit of an upper hand, and I even had a hard time a few times. But the physical pain too, you go through. Like I literally felt like somebody was hitting me in the back with a hammer. Jeez. Like, and I told the teacher, I said, I got it. I was I wanted to leave. I'm not going to sit there and it's like I aced this thing. Yeah. Like I want to get the hell out of here. Like every night, I wanted to run out of there. Wow. Every night. And um, every time, but now I know what's coming. I'm, you know, like anything else, when it's really hard and scary, if you know the end result, so you can push through that. Yeah, and you can tell yourself in your mind. But that's so hard, man. We're such a comfort society, even for me, for all of us. Comfort is number one in America. Usually, we're like very luxurious with like, oh my back, I gotta sit here. Oh, I gotta do right. that. Oh my Have leg. Have you ever done a sweat lodge? Yeah, Sweat. I did it. I have. I've I done did that before. I did that. Yeah, I yeah. would pin my nose shut if I ever had to do that. With I did the sweat lodge. Oh God, I, I, I don't know where I was getting. I like the to. sauna, but I don't know about sweating with a bunch of randoms. Dude, people, I, was, I had people on both sides of me that was sweating. Yeah, I did it. Where'd you do yours at? Uh, I did mine in like Malibu or something. I did mine in like Ohi. Okay, in, like some dude's backyard. My cousin Romeo shit. got me to do it. I did mine on the A train when it got stuck down <laughs> once. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That happened to me on the fa- uh, the, with the It was like the what's the one that goes right to like grammar. It's like the blue. It's like a green the, line. Yeah, the it's, one, two, three, maybe. Is no, that no, 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 no. The five, five six. Sorry, four, five, yeah, six. The yeah, the five. It, same thing. We yeah. shut the lights off for six hours. A blind guy walked on the train, got Jeez. his toes off. We didn't know. They're like, there's a, an investigation. I'm like, we got to get the hell out of here. Shut that subway down, man. That's a real sweat. That's a real life sweat lodge down there. It's terrible. With the, with the power off. But to, what, to your point, deprived depravity is that the word? Like depriving yourself of these things, sitting on your back. Uh, it's a good lesson for me to hear too because I have this nerve injury and like I just keep wanting it to be comfortable. But if I push through the pain, I might get better. You know? If you do it the right way, yeah, you do it the right way. So what happened was, in meditation, you're not going to hurt yourself. Right. You feel like it because your brain is telling you to get the hell out. So it's throwing everything at you to leave. Yeah, like back pain, 
hip pain. It's, it, you don't really even have it. So once I talked to the teacher and I said, listen, I got to get out of here. I need back surgery. I told him that. He looked at me so calm. He said, it's going to work out for you. And there's something about his energy and the pain went away. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? Mental. Well, also, I, I just creating. So it. for the 14 hours, you don't eat, you don't do nothing. You just boom. no, no. So you, uh, you, it's very gentle too. It's loving. Okay, it's not like this rigid thing. As a matter of fact, I was a little too. They were telling me to chill out at one point. They're so like, like, yeah, I was like too like serious, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a loving thing. You have to abide by the rules. Um, but like, you eat breakfast and you eat lunch, and then you. Have nothing. If you're a new student, you have. If you're an old student, you have nothing after noon till 7 a.m. the next day. Oh my gosh! But you feel so. You don't really feel it because you're meditating. You feel so balanced. Do you know time? Because you can go 30 days without food. You know, it's our cravings that. Yeah. It's our our signals lying to us, telling us we need food. Is it a clock? Oh. Is there clocks around or no? You don't even know time. Um. Well, there has to be clocks because they time everything. There's like, so you'll do like, um, you'll wake. So I'm the bell. I, I usually get to be the bell ringer. So I got to wake everybody up, which gives me purpose. So I get up at 345 and I ring the bell to wake all the meditators up at four. Four o'clocks, wake up. 430, you start what? your first meditation. But they're not watching you. They're like, dude, this is the schedule. Yeah. It's almost like Delta Force. This is the schedule. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Don't waste your time. If you want the good results, stick to the schedule. Wow. See, that would I would hate the feeling of like such a long, boring day, and then like not having anything but the same thing to look forward. Well, to. Well, you're meditating, so you're not. It's not a long, boring day. All right, I guess you're. Really you're practicing these three techniques right, of meditation. So you're really in your. You're, you're, yeah, it's nuts. Dude. It works. It's crazy. It it's the original technique the Buddha taught. Uh, That's cool. Twenty five hundred years ago, Damn. and a couple people preserved it in Burma. And because they got lost, because what happened is the teachings of the Buddha turned into Buddhism, which is not what the Buddha wanted. He said, he used to always say, what, what am I going to get by making you my disciple? I only want to teach you to come out of your misery. Mm. And you don't need to dress a certain way, wear beads or anything like that. I, you just have to practice this simple technique over and over again. Mm. And he would take people in these camps for like eight weeks, the same thing with the silent. But do you do it? He would do it for six to eight weeks. Yeah, but well, back, now he can't do that. That's yeah. how monks, Buddhist monks, are. They don't talk, or they don't. They, they do. This yeah, but they term, do the right? rites and the chanting. A lot of them, you know what I mean. Like he does it. There's no chanting. Mm. Yeah, this is just everything's inside. You're you're basically observing the nature inside of you. All the chemical combustions, all the sensations. The, the there's thousands of sensations going on that we don't even know in the body. It's like we're these antennas, constantly getting information, and we can't hear it because we're distracted with we our are phones. So distracted. This, the light, the you know, TV, Netflix. I wasn't expecting this from you, but you're unlocking I, a lot. You know, I was about to say, <laughs> I, was like, I was so excited because he's so funny. Um. <clears throat> I'm no, like, I wasn't I didn't expecting think I was be getting an education on uh, meditation uh, from you. Yeah. Meditation but you're, you're sorry about that. Great. No, no, no. no. <laughs> We're not judging. Amazing. I'm saying. I'm I mean, saying this you is are something hilarious. To... <laughs> uh, I know that. Which it's great to see both sides. Dude. I'm, I'm like, impressed. I didn't too, know, dude. I'm like, I didn't shit. know. Maybe I should go on a meditative camp or something. Yeah, you should. Everybody should do it, man. If everybody did this, there'd be no war or anything in the world. Well, to your point, we're so consumed by even me. I go on Twitter all day and I see the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I see death, I see destruction, I mean, I see everything. Yeah, and our brains are like computers, so that's just filing, We're filing, at, filing, filing, and filing. it's an addiction. You get dopamine, addiction, not yep. bad things, but you want to see things. If mm -hmm. I see... If I see a car crash on Twitter, I'm going to watch it. Like, it's like my brain yeah. is like, I'll watch it. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. 
That's it. I mean, and and now it's our jobs to be on it. So yeah. it's like we're it's almost like a trap. You have to be on it, or you're considered lazy. Yeah. And then when you're on it, you're addicted to it. It's, it's definitely a drug. It's crazy. It's like it's like doing coke and being like, you're not working hard enough by not doing enough coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need well, to do more. You're not doing it right. Yeah. Like, Fuck! I gotta it. do coke. I don't want to yeah. do coke. Imagine if influencers were just coke. Like if if a coke was like an influencer and just get money for doing coke all the time. Like yeah, that's what it's like. I think Rogan made a, a thing where he said. His buddy pulled out his phone every 15 seconds when they had dinner. He goes, now well, imagine if I did that with a plate of cocaine. You would say I had a problem. Right. You know? Right. It's so true. I. It's funny you're saying Good this. Point. I had physical therapy. I've been doing physical therapy for the nerve. Is it helping? It's helping a little bit. And I was on my phone so much today. Like, I was distracted with some work stuff. While they were doing it? No, like, every time I had a second. Like, he'd be like, all right, just take a quick break. I'd be like. Oh, yeah. Even now, doing the podcast is, like, my meditation because I'm yeah. not looking at my phone. Absolutely. I did once or twice, so before. It, I, I was, saw you. Yeah, see? Yeah. You're probably like, look at this guy. Well, you can't stay off the phone for an hour? Like, what's wrong with believe this guy? it? Do you know, know. When it, you, uh, that, that's like when you go on a cruise, right? Because it's so expensive for the Wi-Fi, so your phone is pretty well, much No, when you go on a cruise. When I go on a cruise. Yeah, I don't yeah, go on a cruise. When I go on a cruise. I've been on a cruise before. Who are you kidding? You know I'd buy the Wi-Fi, dude. <laughs> you, you buy the you, Wi-Fi. How expensive are we talking? Are you I don't know, spending money you know on it? I just don't do it because everybody's like, hey, you believe how expensive it is? And I don't even look because it might not be that expensive, like, but I don't even pay attention because <laughs> I just assume everybody else is saying it's expensive. But it's actually like the first really three hours, nice. it's kind of like, you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And then you realize, like, I don't need my phone. You don't need it. Like, you just leave it in the room. You know what my, I'm saying? Uh, my cousins have a house in the Outer Banks, and when I lived in New York, at the height of living in New York City, I would go there, and they had no Wi-Fi, and there was no service at the time, and it would be a week of nothing. That's great. Beach. Did and you like wild it? horses. I loved it. Now I'm, like, so consumed. It's an escape, too, you know? We I mean, it is stuff. good, too. Like, like, last time I was in Italy, there was no meetings where I was at, you know, because I was on a remote island, but, like... So I got on Zoom and did like AA meetings That's and great. stuff. So that was good. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not addicted to my phone, but I do have times where I'm not on it, you know, because I still meditate every day. Wow. You know? How long is your meditation every day? Um, not that long, like 30 minutes. I do 30 minutes of the one, the technique they showed me, and I do uh, like three minutes of like good vibes and vibrations to everything that's going on that, nice. that I'm bothered with, whether it's like people mistreating animals mm. or whatever. Like I, I envision them the people that are mistreating the animals, like coming out of, um, you know, their ignorance and seeing what they're doing mm. and stopping the problem and then helping others, you know, so I'll do like three minutes of that. Whoa. And that's just one topic that I'm passionate about, you know, so. You know, wow. I, never, I never realized how opposite we were, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we do the podcast. You really get to know people in here. Yeah, I feel like this space, we just unlock some stuff sometimes. Yeah. And you are who you are and you have your passions and you figured out, you know, you have your inner work, but you're not... You're still the same kid also from back in the day. Well, I like, you know, I grew up in a home that was just complete violence. That's why, like, people are, like, talking about bullies. I, my father was the bully. I'm, I used to fight a 300-pound guy, like, every day until I was, like, 9 or 10. So you got, what, that's the only bully I knew, yeah. you know? And then uh, started doing drugs and drinking at 10, 11. Wow. And then, like, um, you know, and then I got placed under psychiatric care. I tried to kill my brother when I was 11 because he's just beating me up so much. I like, like freak, freaked out and like, just I'm going to kill this month. I start, I start going to pawn shops, stealing knives and Chinese stars. Jeez. And then when I went after him and everything, chopped the whole house up, tried to go after him and he ran, but they placed me under psychiatric care, but they didn't put you on meds back then. Yeah. Like my nephews had one little incident in school. They just gave him a cocktail of meds. Yeah. 
So I'm just, I feel really blessed that I have this opportunity to be like completely free of no medications, antidepressants. And I just, I feel like I'm just lucky because I never knew that was an option. You know what I'm saying? Well, now that's such an option. Well, it's not necessarily a solution. Sometimes it helps people, but it's more of a Band-Aid. If you Over a bullet wound, they heard, right? yeah. yeah. It works for a little while, like six months to a year. In my experience, from what I see now, I'm speculating. From what I see, it works short term. But, like, who, who's doing that joke about it the other night where, like, this is the only country where there's so many. Is this is this depression anxiety regional? Why is it only in the United States? Right. You know what I mean? Right, and, right. and South Korea, really. That's right. it, you know? Well, it's funny because I was going to bring up drugs because when I was in the ER for this, that the American healthcare system just goes, all right, it'll go away, but here's some Percocet and some muscle relaxer and just take a bunch of that and, and hang out. The the solution now is just, <laughs> no, really. I, I believe these, it. I'm, I'm laughing out of identification. The solution yeah. is just like, here's the drugs, just yep. figure it out. Yeah. That is the, it's a business. It's a, the world, it's, since we were kids, it has changed. Like a it big has time. changed. It's like a big profit. I would have been on all kinds of mood stabilizers and everything. I was a maniac, you know. Yeah. There's no way. You got a lot of time now, right? You got a 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. Nothing, dude. Nothing. Wow. How crazy is well, that? Well, no, he's That's high impressive. off of himself. Nothing. He's sitting in silence know, for dude. a week. Silence. <laughs> he's high off. <laughs> well, when you don't have that as an option, it forces you to dig. Yeah. You know, you got like for me, I'm like I'm ready to do anything it takes to not be on anything, right. even if I got to go to a mountain for months yeah, at it's a great. time. Uh, because I, I think it's that important, you know. It's a good lesson for everybody because we all kind of numb in our own ways. It could be food, it could be booze, right? And I still do some of that with the food. Of course, and, you know, we all we all are coping in our own ways. But the the, the more even you are, like the, it, it's better for you as a person if you figure out if you don't need anything. More and more anything. studies are coming out. Eighty nine, ninety percent of all diseases are coming from stress in the brain. Wow. You mean think about oh, cigarette yeah, smoking. Totally. That's from stress in the brain. You're smoking the yeah, the cigarettes are causing it. Down. But the stress that you have to smoke is what's causing you to smoke. If you had a non stressful mind, yeah. you're not gonna want to smoke a cigarette. You're like, This is stupid. Yeah. It's what's this doing? This is like carbon monoxide I'm putting in my it's lungs. Ca- it's a it's a it's calming down. Everybody wants to feel good. So I mean about the comfort. To your point about Buddhism though, most people in America don't want to feel uncomfortable. So we'll do anything. To make ourselves feel comfortable with any substance, any food, any whatever. I just want to feel better. Right. But now that's a business. It's a business that just we're a business of dopamine. Yeah. About it. Not to be like super depressing. That's it's, true. It's watch this. It's feel this. It's do this. It's right. feel. It's, it's wor- I'm worried about my kids, man. It's way worse now for like what we have to battle for them to just like. Hey, you know what you feel like it's shit? It's harder. You're going to deal with that feeling and, and feel like shit, not just numb it. Right. Or they give which, the kid the iPad. Yeah, which we've all done as parents, too. It's, it's like, oh, you know, because I do think we are getting lazier in, in, in doing hard things as parents, too. It's like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. A lot of parents take the thing. Yeah, go, drink this. Go, go, drink it. Go yeah. to drugs. Have sugar. A lot of times, yeah. sugar. Go to this. Like, it's true. Most parents don't even want to get like their, their hands dirty with like the discipline. They get done work eight hours, and they just want to. They're done. We're all over. But yeah. Instead crazy. of going up, I got done work. Now I got to go spend an hour, take my kid, be play catch, be present, turn the phones off. Because guess you know? what? That's the best drug in the world. That's for the, the best kids. drug in they, the world. Especially you growing up, you know, the type of behavior you were. If my kids need 
the, their parents to they be do. present and loving. That's way better than anything, any drug you can be yeah. pumping down their throat, yep. right? Absolutely. But why do we not, we don't even see it. We're like, I mean, How we do we lose that? Because I know when our families came here, they were hard workers. They came in, they started businesses, they survived. They came on boats, mm. you know, and then like, I don't know what happened. Like, I guess. I think we're too spoiled. I think America's too spoiled. Like, that's why I see people now, and not to get into the Middle Eastern conflict, but I made a joke about it on my Instagram. It's like, we're so comfortable and spoiled here. Like, we think social media and the things we do like actually matter like go go to a, a war-torn country and tell me you have time to complain and, and numb yourself like it's, it's survival i think is a part of it our ancestors were surviving yeah and they appreciated what they worked for it's like we have a family meal we we have good food good we, we work hard for what we have now it's like what's comfortable i don't know this is my take on it no that's, that's we're so comfortable we can complain about shit that doesn't even affect us yeah in the world like it really like we are doing anything about it. Go go to the Middle East if you want. Like you want to really help, go there. Yeah, yeah. Let's see how you. Let's see what you tweet about when you're there. Mm. Am I a jerk for that opinion? I mean, I'm losing work because <laughs> <of jokes. laughs> I just lost a gig as I made a joke about. I, this I can't Instagram. speak. I've never been to the it Middle East, a, but it was a very light, light. But light, my point is, light. like, I think because you asked what it is, I do think America generationally, where we're at, we are such a spoiled country based on how we feel. And I think that that's a, that's a big part of all this. And businesses know to make money off that. We're selling, yeah. we're selling yep. feeling good is, is the biggest commodity in America now, isn't you it? Know, the, you know, the obesity epidemic started in the 70s when they started introducing industrial foods into our diets, too. And that, that's where the dopamine started, really, you know. Remember that revolution with the 70s? And that kind of And the word fat. The fat, yeah. Taking fat out of the diet when yep. fat's good for you. It is you good don't want to be fat. Right. You know, you imagine telling an Italian in the '70s to not put the the meat with the fat yeah. in the sauce. In the sauce, you see how I brought that back. Yeah. In the sauce, it's yeah. weird, man. We're not going to solve it, but it's funny talking to you about it because it's like. That's why I just keep meditating. That's why I tell people just meditate. Oh, this go meditate. Learn to meditate. Learn to change your thoughts. You're a parent, you know? right? Yeah. How My son's thirty. That's yeah. I thought you were thirty, dude. What the hell? No, that's the glasses. They cover everything up. See now you see the crow's feet and everything. <laughs> you know, we all got the crow, bro. Yeah, that's the Italian you crow. Before you go up on stage, like what's your uh, like what's your room? You know, before you go up. No, you know I meditate. I usually meditate at night when it's quiet. That's just when I see. It's another thing. You got to figure out when you can do it. It's like the gym. Don't try to force the schedule. Like yeah. if you like my, I have a lot of injuries, so I like to work out later in the day because my body warms up more. Yeah, yeah. So I don't do the six a.m. go to the gym thing That's because yeah. that doesn't work for me. Yeah. So you got to find out when it's good for you. Mm. So that's a big part of like, you know, oh, if I don't do it at 6 a.m., it's ruined. Yeah. You know, no, there's 7 a.m., there's 10. Well, we can make 12. ourselves feel guilty when we don't stick to things that other right. people do. Oh, I didn't work out in the morning. I'm never going to be in shape again. You know? Yeah. Um, so you got to figure out when. And then the 10-minute the walk thing that this guy, Stan Efron, was talking about, it's a great hack. So, like, I'm, I'll get to the to work a little early. They have a treadmill, so I'll put four miles an hour, a 10-minute walk, and, I, and I'll do my, walk my dog for 10 minutes really fast. That's great. And I'll do that three times a day. This way, if I don't get my cardio in, at least I got those three 10-minute walks at a high when you're in, like, a zone, uh, zone two, zone three. Yeah. Right around there. So you get the heart rate up. Nice. Well, it, this also ties to my comfortability point. It's like in other countries, mainly, they're in better shape because they walk everywhere. They, have they more walk steps. everywhere. You don't have the convenience of Ubering everywhere, driving everywhere. And even if you do, it's just the, the culture, the tradition. 
there's like blue zones in the world. You know, blue zones, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like the people live the longest. Yep. One of them is uh, Sardinia and Italy. Yeah. Because there's a bunch of factors for blue zones. It's community. It's it's the exercise of the week. Everybody walks all over that island, and they all it's like are uh, Okinawa. Close. That's another one. Okinawa's a blue yeah, zone. Yeah, they have a hundred. Uh, I think the average age is like a hundred or I didn't something. Know that. Yeah, yeah they're, they're like a hundred. Walk yeah, everywhere. and then the coconut oil and the diet Mr. and Mr. fish. Mr. Miyagi and, didn't live yeah. that long. Yep. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, uh, I know when I lived in New York, I was in the best shape of my life. I didn't even realize I was walking everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere man. I was just there last week, dude. I didn't. I barely took a car. I was like, I missed the city. I'm going to walk everywhere. Everywhere. And I was like going up and down steps, yeah. you know, like in subways. It was just, it was awesome. But think about how quickly here we just forget to do human things that we we're built to do because it's just comfort. It's like, ah, I'm just going to drive. Right. I'm just going to sit. Yeah, it's gonna hang. I'll well, here's kind of dangerous. I used to live in Hollywood, and I'd walk to that Bliss meeting. Yeah, I was like risking my life, yeah, you know. And then the smog, here. and you know, I got like, you know, there's some people on the streets that get nuts on you, and they Dude, run after you, you know. So distracted. I had my phone the other day, and I was parked my car, and I someone was calling me. I looked down at my phone. I literally looked up. A school bus was driving full clip, like six inches to a foot from my body. I was like, this is bad. Yeah. I was like, I better look up. Like, I was just parking my car on the street. But you know, like, in L.A., wow. some of the streets, like, are really yeah. close to the main. Like, park cars it used to be a lane. You know uh-huh, what I mean? Uh-huh. Dude, scary. Whew. Woke me right up. That could have clipped me right there. Yeah, I've done that some stuff like that a few times. You're like, man, you know? I, as a parent, Whew. I'm trying to be less distracted, too. I try to go home. How old like do you have one kid? Five or? and a half and one now. So wow. Girls. Okay. I still can't believe you have a 30-year-old. I'm trying to get past that. but I know. Um, yeah, he's like 6'2". 280 pounds too. Wow. Can you believe that came out of my balls? He could be. He could be. Can you up. believe that came out of my? I'm like, I made a. I'm a wizard. I made a Spartan. I got a Spartan that came. Well, it out sounds of my like nuts. based on your history, you kind of you made him. How many gold teeth does he have? Zero. <laughs> tattoos? Yeah, he's got a tattoo of a microphone that says Little Rock on it. We got oh, tattoos together. That's cool. Ah, cool. Yeah, yeah, we got tattoos together. That's awesome. I got my rib cage done, and he got one done. You're a cool dad. Look at you. Not according to the kids, and this is one thing you're going to experience. I'm like, you think, oh, you're a comedian, you're cool, like I'm hip. They never think you're cool. No. They never think you're cool, man. Yeah. Oh, my dad, dad, could you stop doing jokes? It's like really embarrassing. I'm like, all my friends are looking at your YouTube and laughing. It's really embarrassing. Stop it. You know, I'm like, isn't that cool? Like, yeah. you know, career day, you know? It's like, why couldn't you be a doctor or something? Right. You know, or. Secretary. If I could be a doctor, I would have. You fucked. Yeah. I'm, I'm holding on to my daughter being five because she like, you know, she is not there yet where she thinks I'm uncool. Like oh we, she yeah. She still thinks it's cute. Yeah. So she's like 11 or 12. Yeah. We actually just brought in. I brought in a bunch of dough balls. You appreciate this? I did pizza for the class, and oh. I, all the kids made their own dough balls. No way. They, I made the dough, but they all spread it out and stuff. And, wow. like, and she was like. The look on my daughter's face, she's never been more proud. And me and my wife were just like, we're very Italian. (laughs) (laughs) So we make pizza at home. But, you know, in L.A., I kind of want her to be that kid. Like, it's almost like we're more rare. Yeah. With that traditional stuff. Right. I make her do the dough balls. I make her do pies with me, get her hands dirty. You got to do all that. people together, too, man. And, And it's so much better for you when you're making your own food. And you and you and you know the reward of it, and that you know I get the Sinatra on, and of I'm in course. the kitchen. I take my time. People are like, you should open a restaurant. I'm like, no, man, this is my hobby. Like, yeah. you know, you don't want to make your hobbies your profession. I'm the same. I even you know? I always joke about possibly opening, but I, it would lose its luster. I take my be, time. Yeah. I don't want to sit there and like, oh man, I gotta get food costs, and you know, oh we're out of pepperoni. That you know, 
No. The shipping. You don't want to. You don't want to be you want, in the food yeah. business. Here's what's going to come from this podcast episode with you. We're going to do a pizza night together. We're going to do like a our, your dough and mine. We're going to have a little mixer. Dough off. But Rico's got to be a sous chef. Rico always comes over and just eats. He never helps. Bullshit. I help clean up all the time. Oh, he helps clean up. Sounds like Rico. I help clean up. Why are you getting so defensive? This guy's got six packs. Listen, forgive him. Forgive him. He doesn't meditate. He was zero to a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the are you talking about? Yeah. I'm the opposite. Like I said, I didn't realize how much far apart we were. Yeah, I got a long way to go. If you started meditating, you probably get a lot better quicker. Like my brain is very nuts, so it's like it's a lot slower. But the what I what I even was from. Four years ago is just that's crazy. amazing, man. Well, what you're preaching, not even preaching, what you're what you're talking about is is good for anyone. It puts great matter back on the brain too. If you went to New York to the show in New York that you were doing, wouldn't it be nice. He would be great, actually. I have a big yeah, show yeah, yeah. coming up November seventh, uh, the New York Comedy Festival. You'd be perfect for it. But we we already we're we're, we're kind of full up. He's that guy, it, like, oh, you 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 went to Jay Z. Should have told me. I could have got you backstage. Yeah, yeah. You know, sorry. <laughs> I know. You've been planning this for months. Yeah, after. Hey, oh, you get me on it. So you would have been great for this three hundred thousand dollars job yeah, that you're not going to do. It's, uh, it went to a guy called Mako. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, but now, no. Now that I know you, I mean, I'm always doing stuff. Yeah, I know. I'm always doing stuff. Uh, Paul's yeah. always looking for getting healthier and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a good way to be. As to back to your question before I go on stage um i'm usually just focused on i'm trying to read the crowd i'm trying to like put my plan together um i, I you know i'm i'm, a, I'm still a devout catholic i go to mass no i way. go to the italian mass at the Get italian out. church oh my uh, they do it in italian they sing opera wait, wait, downtown downtown i go I there i go there oh that's my that's my parish i've, I've been there i've been there. i finished my holy communion there over the pa- pandemic because i never finished Whoa. so i finished my holy communion there and uh i go to the italian mass so i'll do some prayers of my of that you know and it's kind of like my i morphed it into my thing it's not sure. like i don't really you know some of it's cool, but I like, I just like the routine. I love the Italian message. You know? Fratelli, sorelli. Yeah. I remember when I was younger, we used to stage to make a scene the front row yeah. in the Italian, and we were, um, we were little kids, so we were laughing, and I remember the priest, like the parents were like, stop, stop. And then the priest said it in English so we could understand. He's like, but this is the beauty of life. Wow. These kids, are, they're, they're enjoying themselves. Right, Let's not right, make right. this a place of, <laughs> right. you know. Of being hard, but then you're yeah. like, but shut up when I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be the balance. They say the one guy did a funny, uh, that the masses are funny too. Like the one guy was like um, telling the story about, uh, you know, uh, what, what, he who without sin cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is over. You know, he who is without the sin to cast the first stone. Uh, and next thing you know, a rock will go right by Jesus to the face. Uh, Jesus look up and goes, Ma, what are you doing here? Huh? And I'm like, I love this place. Yeah. You know, these guys are like people I grew up with, yeah, you know? It's like translated the right way, the Italian they, 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 three Catholics yeah. in the room. Yeah, it's, Jeez, it's, it's great. You know, it's a different type of Catholic mass from growing up. Um, it's a lot more gentle there. Is it by Dodger Stadium or something like that? It's or? right by Chinatown. It's Chinatown. like right next to it. So yeah. when I used to visit here, it's funny because I grew It's up, close to Dodger Stadium. I grew up Catholic and I would go to mass on and off throughout my life. When I used to visit here, before I lived here, I would like pop in, and I literally went there a few you times. You went there alone a few times on work trips. I'd be like, I want to go to Italian. I've always, I always went like just to go, but I, I you're inspiring me. Maybe I'll go with you sometime. It's nice that the community, to, you know, and they they're doing t- Italian opera. They have these nice. little luncheons uh, I go to and stuff like that. Like, I like it. It's nice to see the community, the people. Um, it's a lot of. Uh, 
diversity there, a lot of different cultures yeah. in, in that church as well because of the area. Totally. So it's nice to see everybody, uh, you know. Nice. I went to a church, in Catholic church in Montrose where I live. And uh, not not to sound defensive, but it was a little too white for me. You know what I mean? Like a little too white. White. Are you, know? you white or are you olive? I'm olive. Yeah. I'm Mediterranean. You're Mediterranean. You, know? yeah. you got that Irish blood that makes you. A little I got bit the more Irish. White. Yeah, yeah. But then you come over to the top of the. You're, you're more yeah. olive dominant. Yeah. If I could say yeah. it myself, right? Yep. He's good because we're similar. I got a little Irish. Yeah, because it's like yeah, people talk about racism. I don't know how many racist things you heard as a kid. Wop without papers. Skinny dago like, and you know. So it's it's weird to see how like this this stuff's holding people down so much. You well, know, people pretend also, and Rico and I have talked about this. That like Italians have always had it easy in America because we are we look white, and we are we are you know if you get pulled over, yeah, you know, yeah, white, yeah, think about it, yeah, it's true. But our ancestors true. when they came over had it as they had very it rough, hard. man, had it rough, yeah. Even though, yeah. It's a, it's a whole Especially whole working thing. on the docks and everything when they started. Like I, I was reading this book about the Westies, and they would just like be like, look at all these like uh, non-white people. You know, yeah. we're gonna beat them up and this and that. You know. Oh yeah. That's where the word Guinea came from. They said we had African in us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where Guinea came from. That's yeah. right. Guinea. Yeah. Look at these Guineas. You yeah. know. So we weren't considered white then. You know, but it's just like a lot of Latinos, this, you know, like Cubans in Miami, they're kind of considered more white now. Right. You know, uh, I think it just. I it's don't generational know. and it's generational people coming in. Like our, yeah. our immigration was stronger back then than now. Yeah. So the racism shifts. It's like, all right, you guys have been here long enough. I always yeah. joke, <laughs> you did your time. I always, yeah. I always <laughs> joke. We just brought the best food and the best movies and culture. So everyone was like, all right, they're good now. Yeah. They cleaned up the streets. They kept us safe. They made tomato sauce. I gotta tell you, like, too. It's, it's like the Mexicans. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like if you you said something a racial Italian slur growing up, you would tell the guy at the pizzeria, and he you tell him who said it and then he would you would get no you get the no cazon and no yeah, exactly. trombone no exactly. now you're gonna yeah. stop now yeah. Rocco please please tell you know and then there's no more you know so it's like it kind of uh, blows my mind how you have like some people of certain populations now like anti-immigration like because they've been here too long like yeah the latin some latins in florida right they'll be like oh no no no, we don't want immigrant immigrants we don't right people. right like, yeah what? yeah they're removed from their families coming here. America's great because we came here and made lives mm. for ourselves. Not me, my grandparents. It's just funny hearing that people are like anti-immigration. I don't. I mean, I'm anti-immigration. My parents came right off the boat. So why? Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you're like, there's enough. Right now, I could be living a good life in Italy with a woman who probably would listen to me. Yeah. Did you ever go there? Did you ever go to Italy and be like, why did they somebody leave? Somebody cooking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like, they like, left us. Fucking, you're not anti-immigration. You're anti your own choices. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Say, my mother used to say like, when she get pissed at something, she'd say, "Managgi Cristofo Colom." But I said, "Ma, what are you saying that for?" She's like, "Because if he didn't find America, I'd be living a good life in Italy." <laughs> the grass is greener though. You talk to my cousins in Italy; they're like American. No, yeah, yeah. yeah plus, there's more opportunity. Your shelter It's very conservative. Yeah, but they're they're richer in my eyes because they're living now. La yeah, La Dolce Vita. They yeah, in the life that's. But you know, you go 50, 60 years ago, and I know Napoli's bad too. That's where most of the immigrants came from. Napoli. Yeah, yeah, it's it's right. like four families in one house. Yeah. You know, yeah. living on top of each other in the trash. There's yeah. no, everywhere just trash and rats and everything yeah. all over the streets. It's, grass is always greener. Yeah. I think you take. Some of the traditions of all that, and we apply it to our kids and our culture here. But yeah, it's a grass is always greener thing, man. We can go get a place there and live there for a couple of years. And be like, we miss America. We miss everything. That's here. how it is. I mean, I'm there for a month, and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go back. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've it's had home. Enough, it's not home, you know? but it's just the history and the culture I appreciate. And the way, the common way of life for Italians, like it's more like how we are. Mm -hmm. Everyone there is like that. Like the, yeah. the sleeping thing. Yeah. 
everyone would be smoking cigarettes, hanging out. Like, there's no, like, it's more of, like, I always say to my cousins, they, we work, wait, wait, we live to work in America. They just work to live. They get the money. They yeah, we, I'm, I'm good enough. Now let me enjoy. Chill. Like, it's not as much, there's excess everywhere, excess, but, like, it's different. It's chill there, I think, more. I didn't know, I didn't know this until recently, but the America was, for, well, that, that's from an, an Italian. America. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. So our country is actually named after, you know. We got roots all over this place. I don't know why they treated us so bad when we got here. Did you know the Watts Towers was made by an Italian, a a Mexican, and and an African-American guy? Well, they figured they were making their home for their friends and family. Yeah. I just heard about Watts Tower. (laughs) I went to the Italian-American Museum here because I know the girl who runs it now here in LA. I just heard about that. And there's a whole Watts thing that she was telling me about. Really? Go there and do a segment for NBC on it. The history is awesome. That'd be awesome. There's one idea. The guy just built the whole thing and... I never saw it. Did you see it? No, Have I want to go on to it. I want to go check it out. Oh, sure, I'll go. I, you know, you said Watts Tower. I thought you were talking about the Twin Towers where the jails were. No, the Watts well, Tower. Yeah, I was confused when you mentioned Twin Tower with a bunch of East Coasters, and it wasn't the Twin Towers. Yeah. It was a jail. That's yeah. It. That was the first time oh I heard my that. God. That's the call down here, right? That's yep. in Orange County. The yep. Twin Towers. The two buildings right next to I don't want to yeah. make jokes about it, but I just can't imagine like everyone from that jail when they heard the news on 9 11. They were like, the jail's gone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, we're no. here. We're How? We're... <laughs> so stupid. So stupid. Well, Rocco, man, I can't thank you enough, man. I feel yeah, like yeah. Sorry, I wasn't funnier. You no, know, <laughs> no, go see you. On, go see you on stage, dude. Yeah. No, I this is also a. Po- this is what this room is yeah. for, and what podcasting's for. I is love like, it. This is the best place. Yeah, I did man. not expect what I love about you because I didn't know you well enough. Seeing you laugh, make people laugh on stage. I think you're a funny, likable guy. Is how deep and cool you are, and the work you've done to grow yourself. That's a that's awesome, man. That's inspirational for everybody listening and watching. We want you want to better yourself. I just got lucky, you know, but I appreciate it. Well, but you, you know, followed, it, yeah. It's one of those things too. Like he doesn't, you know, he's he's just a cool, fun guy when you're out. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not like preaching this like all the time or anything. Yeah. Like this is the most I've ever heard him talking about. You're it also good, yeah. Like you, unless you ask him, he's not going to bring it up. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's not like Jehovah Witness about it. Yeah, you got to do this. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. got to try this. He's me a, a chili cheese dog. He's not going to be like that's bad for you. He's well, like, yeah. I bet that's delicious. He did come in with a basket though. Or church donations for the Italian church on the way in here. He's like, just give a donation for the <laughs> But I'm not preaching. But no, it's I think you're a good example of kind of finding what works for you and pursuing that and doing yeah. the inner work and it's a sounds miracle. Like Listen, it's a miracle. You're there's alive. There's a lot of here. ways to get up that tree. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you just gotta and stick with one my meditation teacher would say, find one thing and go for it. Because if you keep going a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, if you're digging for a well, you'll never get water. Right. Find one well, dig, try to water. If you don't like it, go to another well. But you got to at least tr- dig deep on one well before you go to the next totally, well. Totally, yeah. And that's what everybody's doing there. The new thing, they do one week of this, two weeks of that, three days of it. Find one thing, become a black belt in that one thing. And then move, if you don't like it, move on to the yeah. next thing. That's my advice. It's the comfort thing, too. It's like stick with it. We, we get so uncomfortable, we just abandon things that are yeah. good for us. I love that mentality. I want to feel that. I want to be black belt in comedy like you're reminding me like get better at stand up like work at it you have to yeah. work at it yeah, it's like jokes doing. get one or five minutes and really master that five exactly. minutes exactly yeah before you start moving on and that's a mistake I do too yeah. I'm like just want to do new stuff all the time yeah, that's, that's not it, good that's, either I feel like learning about the, the craft like that's a, I, I think a lot of people's mistake they have a great five minutes and then they're like okay cool you know, I don't want to do that again. I'm like, but nobody in the room that's here today saw that five Doesn't minutes. Doesn't matter, yeah. 
you know, le- you know, last week. You know, yeah. Also, so. if you're an undeniable stand-up and with five minutes, you're gonna you're gonna grow it over time. But like, you're gonna you gotta perfect it one piece at a time. You know. Yeah, and I'll be like, well, this comedian solo, he's gonna think, oh, he's doing the same stuff again. Like that's stupid. Why do I think that? Like, you know, just do, you know, have a good set, and you know, if you have an opportunity to get something new in, I, I work it in. But like, no you one know. cares as much as we do. Yeah, exactly. The audi- if the audience is laughing, it doesn't matter. Right. We get in our heads and we right. know, oh, we gotta change this. Yeah, is this hacky? Is this this? Or the other comedians judging me. Like I'm more more worried about what the comedians are than the audience, and they're the ones paying and showing up. Matter. You know? Yeah. I don't even want to subscribe to like the hacky thing anymore because you know what? If we're making people laugh, making people laugh. I don't care if, if you think it's hacky. I got the audience laughing. Yeah, they paid for do. parking. They drove. They took time yeah. out of their day. Like I want to give them the best experience. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of, where can everybody follow you? Make sure everyone follows Rocco. Check him out on stage. Rocco Comedy, R O C C O Comedy, everything, all handles. I love doing shows with you, man. I hope to do more with you in the future. Thanks for coming yeah. to hang. Next time we hang, we may film it. We're gonna do pizza. We're gonna do we a may film night. It. Yeah, we are we'll filming. Do a We're filming it. Yeah, pizza. why not? Yeah, we'll do it. Now. Pizza yeah. night. Pizza. We're gonna film pizza. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking great. Thanks for coming by, man. A little Rocco and Rico today, everybody. Rocco, Rico, Rico, Rocco. Rocco.